Commander Gray, who we actually see in the Bad Batch, even though in the comics his armor is red, in the show his armor is green. Um, More like Commander Green. Yeah. Wow, nailed it. That was wow. It's like lime green too. So he's like regular Mountain Dew, and then Dallas is like Baja Blast Mountain Dew. (laughs) So it's all the Mountain Dew colors. But he used to be code red. So I was going to say the red. (laughs) He used to be code red. Uh, (laughs) And that's the opener. (laughs) Incoming transmission from an unknown source. It seems to be urgent. Patching them through. They're calling themselves the Holonet Marauders. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Holonet Marauders podcast. It's just the uh, three amigos here today. The three three Marauder Marauders. Tears. Three Marauder Tears. The three Marauders. The three Marauder Tears. Are we Candy talking bar. like levels? Are we talking crying? Like what kind of tears? Like Musketeers. But there's four of them. Maraudy, Marauder, Marauder Tears. Marauder not, on tears? The, not on the candy bar. The Marauders, Musketeers, Marauders. What about just Marauders? I like that. Already off to a good start. Yeah, this is what happens when it's just the three of us <laughs> for the first time in a while. Um, a long while, yeah. It's been, it's been. It's kind of, it's it refreshing in a way. We love our guests, but it's when we get back to our roots here with just the three of us. It's, uh, it's nice. Back yeah. to our roots. Yeah, back to our roots. <laughs> Vector Roots. We all hung out last night, and there's apparently a magical trip to the Target that I missed out on because I was assembling a new desk that I ordered. Um, apparently, there is a lightning strike in the no, gotta, distance. I'll give, I'll give the story. Okay, okay, okay. Matt, okay. Matt and I went to pick up takeout, and while Jamie was building the desk, and it was kind of rainy out, and we we're like, whatever, I don't know. And we leave the restaurant to get with the takeout, and I'm like, Target's close by. Do we want to? go see if they have the new mall and Ahsoka three inch, uh, three and three quarter inch figures. Cause I didn't pre-order them. Matt did twice apparently, but <laughs> maybe we were like, yeah, let's do it. And coming out of the road we were on taking a left is usually absolute hell, but we pulled out, there was nobody coming. So that was a sign, a sign from the, go- the heavens, a sign from the gods that we have to do this. So as we're driving down the road, a huge bolt of lightning just comes down from the, down from the heavens, as the before mentioned <laughs> heavens, and right in the direction of Target. So yeah, it's like, okay, strikes you guys right on go. the horizon, where in the direction of where Target is. So we're like, all right, that's so, that's a sign. As we're walking into Target, I'm like, I, they have to be here. I, I can sense it. People, they've been popping up at other Targets lately. They're not street dated till August 1st, but we're almost at August 1st, and we know how that goes. So we get to the toy aisle, and we just see a bunch of Grogu's, <laughs> as, <laughs> as yeah. usually happens. But I found a cool Republican gunship Hot Wheel thing that we've been yeah. collecting. Yeah, and it's uh, in the same line as my my little Marauder. Although yep. obviously this is not it, but um, but yeah, I'm gonna show this off as much as possible this episode because in episode twelve we got some killer shots. So I guess uh, yeah. Um, and Matt so found the, a cool toy as well. Yeah, yeah. I got, yeah. I got Jet Jaguar from Godzilla. Some, but yeah. we're not a Godzilla podcast, so <laughs> no. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh. Right, so we're a Star Wars podcast, and uh, we're gonna. This is a Bad Batch summary episode, so we're gonna talk about episode eleven and episode twelve. So episode eleven, Devil's Deal, and episode twelve, Rescue on Ryloth. So this is a spoiler warning. Uh, if you haven't watched them yet, uh, definitely do because we're gonna be talking about them this entire episode. So 
Uh, we've already chatted about these two episodes on our stream. So Holland at Marauders Live on Fridays um, with the all new Nerds crew and a few other friends. So HML, yep. yeah, HML. So, but uh, but we're gonna do our our full like thoughts about everything so far in these two episodes because well, that's what we do biweekly. So, you guys got any opening takes about these two? Yes. <laughs> Hera's so, in this one. Hera yes. is. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, uh, well, we're all huge Rebels fans. You guys, you two, Matt and I went over this last night actually, but you two are like huge canon guys, huge, huge canon people. And huge canon guy, yeah, sure, why not? Huge canon. I was shocked you weren't. I always figured I you were in the same camp as us. I he love canon, but he doesn't, he doesn't click with me like he does with you guys. I love him, but anyways, I love Hera. And I don't really know why. She's just a really... I love pilots. I love good pilots. And she's really cool. She's badass. She just has like... She has like a warming feeling about her. Like, I don't know. She's like the mom of the group. She always knows She always knows what to do. In any situation, yeah. she yeah. always seems to be the one under control at any point in time. And she's very similar to Leia in a way. And, you know, even their themes are a little bit the same. Um, and in this... One of the episodes here, Rescue on Ryloth, we see a, a Leia parallel with her. We'll get to that later, though, um, yeah. via transmission, whatever. But back to this, ep- back, back to Devil's Deal, episode 11. We can um, jump around a little, but go for it. Yeah, yeah it's hard not kinda, to. These are kind of like, like a part one, part two of one It was fun to, story. Yeah. It was fun to get an arc. I, you know, we've gotten yeah. one this season, maybe one and a half arcs. But it felt very Clone Wars um, mixed with Rebels because we had Rebels characters involved. Rebel yeah, like Chopper counts, two characters. Of course, and Chopper, of course Chopper counts. counts. Chopper it, counts. We see Ryloth at the start of Devil's Deal, and it's like, okay, here we go, here we go. And we see Cham um, and Mrs. Sindula. What's her name? Alina? Alaini. Alaini. She is fantastic. Alain? She's great. Cham? So I'm like, okay, I hope we get like a little Hera cameo or something. That'd be cool. I don't. I forget how old she'd be at this time. And then... We got and more than that. The she's next like thing. Featured. Yeah, she's like the main character of the arc, or at least the yeah. episode. I love how they set it up in Devil's Deal. They they were very casual about, hey, we're on Ryloth. And it's like, okay, well, we know that Champ should be here. And then they show him point blank. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. And then Rampire is just like, oh, where's your daughter? And then Eleni's just like, oh, Hera's doing other stuff. And it's just like, <laughs> where is she? I got to see her. And, th- and then they just show her immediately. And it's like, yeah. I was well, they, worried. Show, they show Chopper's little viewfinder first, and then and then they show her. So I was worried when Eleni was like, "Oh, she's doing other stuff." They were going to be like, "Oh, she's off world doing something," and we yeah, we just shove her off to the side. We don't have to, you know. We mentioned her good yeah. enough. Yeah, no, like, they like made her the star of the episode, which was really it was exciting. wonderful. I, I there's been like a lot of like slight criticism of the fact that like the batch wasn't the main like point of this episode but i think that it was fantastic that they had yeah. this separate story going on of a character that we love from another show and like i i love that they included hera in this show and more about her family because we obviously have seen cham in like other parts yeah. of like the universe but like we never have met hera's mom and we know that it's a big driver for cham's actions and also hera's actions in the future as well and it was it was just and she was perfect eleni was perfect like she she was a wonderful mother and she's also like just enough of a radical as well where it's like this character is dangerous and we love her for it yeah i was um you know you mentioned rampart earlier and when we had scott on the other day he mentioned um the funny thing about bad batch right now is and there isn't one like clear-cut villain like yeah. crosshair is a villain but we all think he's going to come back um so who else is really the villain i guess it's rampart but we haven't seen much of them 
and you know we've, he's featured in this arc so it was nice to yeah i call him walmart callus i think scott called him <laughs> walmart thrawn but um i don't know i I, I, I like i like him as a villain and i want to see more you know whenever there's a slimy uh officer imperial officer like that it's it's always fun yeah and he's <laughs> he's already kind of you know scheming and wheeling and dealing out there he's like you know, setting up to be somebody that's that's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. He's like ready it, to. He's he's going to be the guy that axes the clones. Yeah. He's he's in charge that's his of. Goal. Uh, yeah. His goal is War Mantle, and so that's the, going to be the whole. We're going to decommission all the clones, and we're going to do um, recruited soldiers instead. And we still don't know the gravity of what exactly that that will entitle, like decommissioning, as in we're going to kill all of them or we're just going to like retire all of them and just send them away. Like what is, what is that actually actually going to mean? Yeah. Um, and so like we've, we've barely seen anything for vampire and like, I've said it before, like on our streams that like vampire's just not doing it for me. He's just like a token, like bad guy, but he or the token Imperial. And I'm just like, eh, okay. I don't, I don't like him. I don't hate him. He's just there. He's just like squatting in like Senator Ta's office with the melee runs. And it's just like, okay, there he is. <laughs> I'd like to chilling. see him just, I'd like to see him just go nuts. Like uh, in a couple episodes, it's called War Mantle, right? Yeah. Next week is Infested. The week after is War Mantle, and that's his big project, right? Of uh, bringing in, um, like the the super the super troopers, the super the, troopers, uh, the elite troopers there with um, <laughs> with Crosshair. With crosshair. But the it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting what they do with Crosshair because he's a clone, but he's such a big asset to all of it. Like he's been so important to them, but I still think him and Rampart do have a, a beef because he is a clone. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that there's there's a definite amount of mutual respect between the two of them. Um, like Rampart understands that Crosshair is capable of getting the results. However, Rampart definitely has that prejudice in there of he is a clone at the end of the day, and it doesn't matter like what kind of he's an enhanced clone. He's still a clone. Um, he even like. In Rescue on Ryloth, if we're fast forwarding a little bit, when oh, we haven't even talked about Captain Hauser, guys, but, I was gonna, I was gonna uh, do a reveal for him, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, in in the just to finish up really quick, but in Rescue on Ryloth, um, Crosshair's waiting in Rampart's office, and Rampart comes in, and Hauser's right behind him and whatnot, and Rampart literally says to Crosshair, "If your squad can't find Hera, then we're gonna have someone else try to find him, try to find Hera." And he just like looks at Hauser and like there's like the intense like staring yeah. at each other moment of the two of them. And it's just like at this moment, Rampart sees all the clone squads the same. And they're like, oh, if this squad can't get it, whatever. We'll just get another squad to do it. Doesn't matter that your squad is apparently this like elite one. So we can just get these other random dudes to do it. And Crosshair knows that he's more powerful than a regular clone, a reg. Um, <laughs> but it's just interesting. Yeah, I like interesting. I like Rampart kind of uh, making the clones compete against each other. It's like, oh, yeah. if you can't find Hera, I'll get this person to find Hera. Yeah. Because that's always like, you know, pretty pretty sound strategy, right? Guy at the top making all the people below him compete for, you know, his affection or yeah. loyalty yeah. or whatever, you know. Uh, we saw Snoke do that too. So Rampart's got, got the villain playbook down pat, like the Empire playbook down pat too. Yeah. But I do, I do agree with Jamie, like, He's still kind of lame, but he, he needs more time. We're still in yeah, season he's, one. He's pretty funny thing. Yeah, so. he's pretty like vanilla. Yeah. Vanilla yeah. empire, you know. Yeah, he hasn't done anything extremely bad. He hasn't done anything extremely good yet. No one has died yet under his watch, so. <laughs> That's pretty good. Not even <laughs> we'll, Orb Frita. We'll no, yeah. yeah, just attempted to 
kill him, but whatever. So we'll get we'll get to that. The whole you know we haven't talked about Cham really. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's, let's scroll it back. We went into Rampart. I guess we wanted to get that out of the way really quickly because all of us are just like, yeah, he's vanilla, and then we talk about him for like six minutes. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. But Cham's faced with uh, quite the uh, devil's deal, as the as the title is uh, appropriately named. And I still think it's so interesting that they called it Devil's Deal because, like, it is weird. I think it was just to throw people off. Like, I don't. There are, why is it weird? There are no devils in the Star Wars universe, unless. <laughs> oh, that, like, come on! Well, it's Pal- Palpatine. That? Palpatine is the devil of the Star Wars universe. You know? Yeah, the entire but, prequel like, trilogy. If you watch George Lucas talking about the prequels, oh, he literally calls it. Devil's deal. Over you know what else? Again. Like you know what else is in the deal with the devil? You know what else isn't in the Star Wars universe? Billiard balls, but or snooker but, balls as they're called. Snooker balls, as uh, Kevin Snookers, Scott references yeah. in Rising Storm. Yes, he hey, does talk about billiards. And it's like, wait, do they play so pool? billiards? Yeah. He so. also tossed in a rose wine, so I mean, like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Space. He tossed Space in a lot of real world things. He did, but this he isn't did. this isn't a higher public. How did we end up here? All right. It's my fault. <laughs> let's talk about Hauser. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm getting distracted. We didn't so, finish talking about Cham, but... We'll get back to Cham. Cham okay. will always be there. Cham Hauser... is just one of those characters that like will always resho- like keep showing up. Like, uh, save the dream. What's his name? Oh, gosh. Oh God. Like Saw Gerrera. Like Saw Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what's his name? You know, like, the guy who always name? shows up. Sa- save the dream. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hauser. Oh, boy. Captain Hauser. Wow. First of all, he shows up, and obviously, all of us are thinking because we're in tune with like the toy releases. It's it's Captain Ballast, but it's not. He ends up having the name Hauser. Yep. I absolutely am in love with the name Hauser. Like, just first of all, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I did like a little uh, mini research about it, and a few people pointed out that it's most likely derived from the artillery cannon known as the Howitzer, and so they probably just like shortened it that way. Um, yeah. Which is a really like fun name to think about for like a clone. It's like, oh yeah, let's let's name him after a gun. <laughs> Work out. Um, I love that. But Hauser is so interesting. He like Cham Syndulla is his general. Um, he's stationed on Ryloth, obviously, with him. And he still has all of the paint on his armor and he still has retained his um pretty much his own identity. Which it really it baffles me to think what is actually going on in his head. Like, how did Order sixty six happen for him? Because it seems like it's not just related to like the Jedi; it's also related to anyone who is also a traitor. Um, so like that, there's been like a big like discussion about that recently. With where it's like, oh, Order sixty six, all the Jedi must die, but also all the clones just turn into dicks. So like, how this didn't happen to Hauser though? Yeah. So he, like, what happened? And he kept it's his just cool like, haircut. The haircut. Oh my god, you, you guys don't understand, but like wow. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a lot. <laughs> a lot of talk about that haircut. This guy has only been in our lives for like two episodes, and holy smokes. I'm not even kidding. Like it, it's smokes. to the like holy smokes. Like I jokingly posted on like Friday night or Saturday morning or something that like Hauser looks, we, we all love Hauser because he's just a Baja Blast soda, you know, from Taco Bell. That's like the, you know, so Baja Blast. AJ, AJ put the blue lights behind him in honor of Hauser today, actually. But That's like, true. We can't beautiful. Even see him, really. Hauser <laughs> is loved because he's a Baja Blast because everyone loves it. And honestly, I've been seeing this Baja Blast meme pop up everywhere. So like, I don't know if I was one of the first to say it or he's like old. someone else must have. It doesn't matter to me. It's just so funny that it's just caught on so quickly. And I'm just like, I am in love with this because I love the color teal. I've mentioned it earlier earlier in previous episodes i'm pretty sure the first time we had rexon around on um 
AJ, you asked, what would your clone name be? And I said mint because I like the color mint. So there it is. It's on the record like two months ago. That <laughs> So there you go. There You'd you go. probably serve with Hauser. There you go. I'm, dude, like you, I got so many thoughts, but anyway. So many thoughts on colors. Anyway, what are your thoughts on Hauser, guys? Uh, he's pretty rad. <laughs> he's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the color also. The haircut was a cool touch. I like his little cheek scar. Yeah, he's got some um, cool his, scars. His too. He has one on a big one, oh, and then one right on like here. his chin. His chip was actually right. in his cheek, so that's why uh, <laughs> he dug it out. Wow! Yeah. It was like the cyanide for like uh, secret agents in their teeth. Yeah, in the, go the tooth. Cheek, but... Whoa! <laughs> hey. Although I mean, remember in... we, we do see in Mando, we see those uh, chips they have in their the teeth. electric ones. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking we haven't really seen yeah, that aside yeah, yeah. from in Mando. Ooh. Huh. Probably not the same thing, but anyways, the electric I hope, ones. Yeah. I hope Hauser doesn't die. We thought for sure he would because you know we've never seen him before, and uh, it kind of looked like it was going to go that way in Rescue on Ryloth, but they he was just arrested. But Jamie, do you want to touch on his speech that he gives? Because yeah, that was really so cool. um, a couple of things really quick. So obviously, um, he 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 answers to Cham, but then therefore he also answers to Rampart because the Empire is occupying Ryloth. Um, the way that it ends in Devil's Deal is. Hauser witnesses Crosshair take the shot at Ornfree Tob, which we'll get to. Um, and Rampart, or not Rampart, and Hauser's just like, ooh, that's not what happened. And so at the beginning of the next episode is it's Hauser really is pushing back on Rampart, saying, hey, this isn't what happened. It, this isn't right. And Rampart's just like, oh, you're going to challenge me? What did you really see, soldier? And like he is treating him like a lesser person, and he's not treating him like someone who actually has an opinion anymore, which is something that a clone actually under the influence of the order 66 protocol like would just follow without question but hauser is is beyond that and it's just it, we don't know why he's beyond it still i think about i've been thinking about this every single day yeah um, I, I wish they would explain <laughs> why like, hauser is so independent and yeah it's you know, just regular. So you're killing independent hauser <laughs> <laughs> i hope they don't i hope they don't the fact that they saved him in yeah. this episode and didn't yeah. kill him off means that they have future plans for him. Right. So yeah. what ends up happening is is um he goes Cham thinks that he betrayed them, but then the Bad Bat shows up and they rescue uh the Sindulas and whatnot. And then Hauser confronts them really quickly because he knows that Crosshair's team is waiting outside the doors and he warns them. And that's when they're like, Okay, yeah, we trust you. And Cham's like, We'll come back to Ryloth, the fight isn't over, and then they leave. Hunter hesitates to like say something to Hauser but doesn't say anything. And it's like, Hunter, what the heck were you going to say to him? Are you going to say that there's a chip in your head that's making you do this kind of things? Because then Hunter's also like, wait, he didn't, he's helping, but he's not. And I don't know. There's I think a lot Hunter going is, on. Hunter is looking at all the people making on. choices against the Empire. Yeah. While Hunter kind of sits in the middle. And, you know, that's one of the biggest themes in Star Wars is, you know, don't, you can't be a fence sitter. You have to pick a side. You have to pick and, a side. You, know, you have to yeah. pick the right side, obviously. But you have to pick a side. Right. Um, you can't just sit in the middle in, in limbo forever because eventually um, the clashing sides will catch up to you and you're going to have to pick a side no matter what. So, you know, Hunter seeing all these people making these insanely tough decisions. I mean, when we saw Hauser decide to go out and talk to the clones, I thought he was dead. I thought he yeah. was done for. And, you know, he probably did too. Walking out there to talk to his fellow clones was probably... right. You know, that I mean, that was pretty brave because you don't you don't really know what they're going to do. Half of them put their shields and, and blasters down. So, I mean, 
but the other half did. And yeah, so with that have, entire uh, scene, um, sorry, keep going. I'm just like, well, you have Crosshair, <laughs> you know, in his sights at all times, ready to like shoot him. And for some reason, he's like, oh, yeah, arrest that guy instead of <laughs> shooting him. So, again, you know, obviously, for him. Yeah. obviously right. they have something planned for him. But at the same time, like, are they going to like mess with his chip like they did with Crosshair? Are they going to subject Hauser to the same kind of thing? Are we going to have to watch him break his chip's no. programming again at some point? You know, could he be the leader of the clone Ugh. rebellion that, that people have been talking about that's being, you know, set up? Like, See, it's, you know? Jimmy, it's, it's hilarious it's, that, like, you're so attached to Hauser. But, like, like, okay, I can tell. A lot of people can, are, but. I can explain why. Okay. Look, because the, <laughs> the way that, like, Hauser has been presented from the beginning is, is he's he's so similar to Rex and he's also so similar to Fives which is um something that none of us were expecting. We we just were not expecting to see a clone thinking so freely again outside of the bad batch in this series at all really. At, at least at like face value we weren't expecting it cuz like everything's leading to the clone rebellion but like as someone who doesn't look into the future of these things, just randomly seeing a clone show up that is a free thinker again is just—it's just like a breath of fresh air to like feel that again. That's why we like Hauser so much. And then, Hauser, like, keep going, keep going. As Matt was just saying, with the um, when Hauser like confronts the rest of his squad, like he he helps the Syndulas like escape with um Hunter and Echo and the rest of the Bad Batch, and he's like, I can't leave my squad behind because Hauser also like still believes in his men and so the way that he talks to everyone assembled there it, it's it's pretty much exactly what fives does on umbara when his own squad is uh, set to execute him and jesse and it it's heartbreaking to see it like that because we know what happens to fives and we know what happens with the fact that these guys are speaking out and i feel like what happened with hauser giving his speech pretty much saying like brothers this isn't right uh we came to eradicate the separatists not to put these people down here that's not why we're here and crosshair's listening to it the entire time crosshair could have taken that shot anytime but he let him talk he let him talk and then point, he yeah. listened to it and then he said arrest him he could have said take the shot or he could have just taken the shot himself and he didn't so it, it just goes back to the fact that i fully believe that crosshair is actively fighting whatever the heck's going on in his head because there are two separate like brains going on in his head right now he has that two weird totally toasty patch eyes. on the side yeah, of his head like there's so much going on like the, every time you see him in the in the in the two episodes uh there are so many emotions on his face and none of them make any sense because he doesn't know what the hell's going on with like his own brain. Yeah. He's literally experiencing all of the things like at once. And and we'll we'll get back to that. What you said earlier, I really liked, sorry, AJ, I'm just going to say that quickly, but something you said earlier about Hauser not giving up on his men. So, you know, Hunter shouldn't give up on his men either. So that, that could also factor into that long look at Hauser being like, you know, we can't really leave Crosshair behind. We can't really leave these clones behind. So obviously, you know, they'll play a big part in the yeah. quote-unquote rebellion that could possibly happen in right. the future. And then, you know. like, plus, at the very end of the episode is, like, a, they, they escape in uh, Taz's, like, covert shuttle and whatnot, and Crosshair sees it go, 
and he he fires a few shots at it, but he misses all of them. Again, he keeps missing shots of the batch. And everyone's like, oh, well, he it was so quick. He wouldn't have seen it. If anyone was going to make that shot, it was going to be him. He could have at least landed yeah, one of them. But he doesn't he miss. He doesn't but miss. He, exactly. So the, the shuttle leaves and Hunter looks back because Hunter knows that he's there. And Hunter knows that he missed on purpose. So May, you I, mean, you, I, like, I like the theory <laughs> a lot. But we know, especially in Star Wars, there's plot armor on a lot of characters. Yeah. Like yeah. 3PO, 3PO and R2, they go through a... Uh, a barrage of you know a, a huge firefight in multiple times and they never get a scratch on them re- yeah. for the most part and uh but you know this, I, I like jamie's theory though a lot i always like that explanation there's always like an explanation for the plot armor plot armor like a lot of people talk about in a new hope you know the fact that the stormtroopers miss so much has become a meme yeah but in a new hope you know they they're letting them escape so that they can follow them back to the rebel base so there's an explanation for why they're not getting hit in their firefight and they're being, you know, they're out shooting these, uh, these elites soldiers as supposedly what the stormtroopers are supposed to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, we get the same kind of thing explanation. I would say like in rogue one, when Jared is like connecting to the force and it almost yeah. seems like nobody can hit him for some reason. Gee, I wonder, you know why that is. Um, but in this, yeah, I really, I, I could totally subscribe to that theory, Jamie, that, that, crosshair is missing on purpose or you know subconsciously missing on purpose where and even like a more recent example is uh like chewy missing kylo ren in, in force awakens yeah. you know shooting a little bit lower and we see chewy you know sn- chewy and han when they use that bowcaster in force awakens they're sniping people left and right with it and then oh mm-hmm. chewy chewy never really misses either with a, cl- a clear shot like that and you know he intentionally aimed lower because he didn't want to kill his uh pretty much his nephew so. yeah no, it, yeah, exactly. Pretty much his son. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, you guys talked about. Uh, I almost said ballast. I always almost say ballast. Hauser's Baja ballast. It's all you can say. Hauser's speech. Um, you guys pretty much nailed it. But it's so interesting that you can get through the chips. You can get through to the clones by talking to them. And we saw Omega do it to tr- Crosshair uh, when they were in prison. Or yeah, yeah. on Camino. Very yeah, briefly. it works. That's that's the only interaction we have of Omega and Crosshair like one on one. Is she she just warns him, literally yeah. warns him. I know what you're gonna do, and it's not your fault. And Crosshair is just kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about, small child. I don't know you. Um, and and then he disappears. Well, then they take him away. So and and that's it. Hmm. And it, it's, it's interesting to see how that relationship is going to like redevelop. I'll let you go in a second, AJ. But um, in general, with like Omega and Crosshair, because in Rescue on Ryloth, when they're observing everything to make the actual rescue is Omega's the first one to notice Crosshair overall the rest of the batch and the way she says it is just kind of like oh no it's this asshole and and then like Wrecker just like spouts off oh no it's not oh it's him and he's just like so <laughs> disappointed and it's just like uh. it's um what I was just gonna say was it's just so cool that you know for the longest time I feel like I didn't think I think it was Levi mentioned to us that it was in the Kanan comics where Kanan yeah I'll, I want to talk about that in a little bit Caleb but- at the time talked uh yeah. got through to a clone and you know, matt you can go uh once i get my piece off but like <laughs> um <laughs> it's just so cool to me that you can talk to through to the clones like i didn't read the canon comics so i don't know maybe don't know as much about that but uh if you want to take it away with that well look in the canon comic that's like the first and biggest instance i would say of like a, getting through to a clone who then is able to like break past his programming so in the canon comic 
Commander Gray, who we actually see in the Bad Batch, even though in the comics his armor is red, in the show his armor is green. Um, More like Commander Green. Yeah. Wow, nailed it. That was wow. It's like lime green too. So he's like regular Mountain Dew, and then Malice is like Baja Blast Mountain Dew. (laughs) So it's all the Mountain Dew colors. But he used to be Code Red. So I was gonna say the red. (laughs) He used to be Code Red. And that's the opener. (laughs) (laughs) But to get back to it, like, yeah, Commander Gray, who appears in the Bad Batch alongside Caleb Doom, it's the same kind of thing. And even though it doesn't happen on screen, we know from the Kanan comic that Caleb is able to reach him, is able to have him break his programming in the comic. Uh, They're chasing him in a starfighter. Caleb is talking to Gray and uh, his right-hand man whose name I'm forgetting for some reason. Um, and then Gray kind of snaps out of it and is like, what are we doing? Like, we, we, you know, we served alongside Caleb. This is wrong. Why are we doing this? And then he shoots himself and everybody in the ship blows up. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, that's worked. something. You did it. You did it. Something. He did something. He did something right. Um, and we even and to have we Ballast kind of break his programming to save Hera is or at least you know save Hera's whole family. Hauser. Um, yeah, you did. <laughs> to have Hauser <laughs> break his programming to save Hera's family, I really like that connection where both Kanan and Hera had a moment where they were able to break through to the clones, or the clones yeah. were able to break their programming mm-hmm. and save them and their families. Um, so I really, you know. I think that's really cool. I think the clone rebellion is going to be like a catalyst for the actual rebellion. I think that's basically like the, the clones last act of like, you know, being soldiers is the rising up against the empire and sparking, you know, the fight against them to, to come, even though they're probably going to get wiped out. Um, unfortunately, but I really like, that in Rebels, we have this, I keep calling them like the lost generation, the people who were kids during the Clone Wars and then have like grown up in the Imperial occupation times, being like super restless and trying to also get into the fight and, you know, feeling like they're, they're warriors, just like the people who came before them. Um, but I really like that both of them have this moment right at the end of the Clone Wars and into the transition of the Empire where the clones are kind of able to inspire them maybe, or, you know, work past their programming and, and help them. Well, we know I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Caleb slash Kanan. I don't think the clones really inspire him as far no. as we know, you know, going into rebels. So, well, I don't well, know. No, it makes, he, he hates them because of it, because yeah. he, until he, he, knows Rex. he sees Ooh, all yeah. of them as traitors pretty much until Rex turns it around for him. Who also breaks his programming. Yeah. Cause yeah. I guess Kalen, Caleb doesn't really know that Gray did that. Right. So I guess you're right about that. Um, he doesn't really know that Gray was the one who like blew up his ship. I mean, I guess maybe he did. I don't know. Well, I have to go back. Yeah. And read the comic. So, yeah. I mean, if we go, if we want to go based on stuff that's been in the show, though, like we we see Hauser pretty much risk it all to save the Sindulas. Um, and then uh, it, it's kind of like flipped, or like Hunter kind of risks it all to make sure that like Caleb is safe to protect him from crosshair. So it's kind of like a little bit of like That's that true. as well. So Kanan, Kanan doesn't give way. the clones enough credit. He's really, no. he's really out here no, being he's... like, Oh, the clones are terrible, evil people. But like, hunt. well, I guess yeah. he didn't realize Hunter was trying to save him. 
Right, because Crosser's behind him, like about to like shoot like Caleb the entire time anyway. Yeah. So he like doesn't he just straight up doesn't believe him. He thinks that he's lying the entire time, even though he wasn't. Um, which thinks. You know what made me cry in the episode? Um Hera and Omega. Oh no. Because we gotta get to that. Well, yes, but I, I just want to throw it out there. Um the fact that they played the clones theme for Hauser and it was like slightly oh, yeah. slower and like just like so Sadder. somber. And Sadder. I'm just yeah. like, oh <laughs> whenever like, the clones it, theme plays, like I like kind of like um I, I I would like to use the term I usually like ascend from that. I shouldn't. It's more of like I feel like I'm sinking into the floor because of the clones theme because I just know how sad it is. You descend. I descend into Whoa. the ground and then that's it's just <laughs> awful. Well, let's talk about Hera and Omega because that was like one of my <laughs> favorite things cheery. of the whole season. Yeah. I mean, Omega is, we all love Omega so much, but to see her with little kid, yeah, to see her with little kid, uh, Hera was amazing, you know, inspire uh, Hera, you know, or Hera inspire Omega, I should say to have Hera inspire Omega, which I really love. Yeah. I I love how, so the, their first meeting, so in devil's deal, uh, uncle Gobi brings Hera (laughs) on a arms deal in which the bad batch drops off weapons, um, in which they're still working for Sid, which is like, Oh wait, what what are they doing? But, but anyway, so they they drop off weapons. Yeah. 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 They just just broke even. They got to, the, the batch is barely in that episode, but the most that we get is actually just Omega. And so we have Hera and Omega on the ship and it's, it's just, it's just so adorable because Hera talks about how she wants to be a pilot and how she just she wants to be a pilot and that's all she wants and she wants to live on a ship and she's so jealous that Omega literally lives on a ship and she thinks it's the coolest thing and it's excuse me and then she's like it's like Hera this is exactly what's gonna happen to you and it's your I can't believe it it's just Oh, it's it not was so be, adorable. It's not gonna be as fun as you think, Hera. But no, it's not gonna be as fun as you think. But it'll be great. And like, I I love how like when that ended, and we were like chatting about the episode afterwards. I'm like, oh yeah, these two little girls, they definitely like exchanged phone numbers. And then like the first scene in Rescue on Ryloth is it's incoming transmission from Hera and, and Hunter. You gave her our signal, our transmission code, and it's just like, and that's of where they exchanged phone numbers. <laughs> that's where we had the Princess Leia. Um, yeah, yeah, we had Hera as Princess Leia and Chopper as R2-D2. <laughs> yeah. so cool, because like, you get to see like uh, just the two of them looking at each other. I think I actually put the pops behind you, AJ, of um, Projection Leia with R2 um, on the desk back there. But it's just, it's just so cool they to see that there, like yeah. translated in like the animation again. And it's something that obviously is iconic on so many levels, and it's just so good. Is Help this me, it? Omega. You're my only hope. <laughs> All right, where's the thing? A perfect. Re- <laughs> this is the perfect uh, recreation right there. Yeah, you don't even have yeah. to watch the episode, guys. You got us. I love um the batch's reaction to it as well because they're they're at first like kind of really upset with Omega for giving out their information because they're supposed to be like hiding and whatnot. But um, Omega's just like, well, no, it was emergencies, and she definitely is having an emergency, so let's go. And then freaking tech has the audacity to be like, ah, oh, children overreact. We shouldn't really like acknowledge this at all. What, <laughs> oh, doing? Uh, what are we doing, guys? Come on. <laughs> what are we doing? But they go just to hear her out, which I think is so funny that they just do it to humor her. Like it's just like these these boys, these hardened men, bunch of boys, they they just go anyway because they love Omega and they know that she trusts Hera. So it's like, okay, 
I think <laughs> I really think this arc will be um, a spark for the Bad Batch of like, oh, you know, we a just helped arc. like liberate some of Ryloth. So mm-hmm. I think maybe with this, we can do some good, guys. We can do this. Yeah. So. I, I love how like when they like arrive too, and like Hera like explains like what's happening, and she's like, oh, my father's champs and Dula, and Tex like. <laughs> Champs and Dula! Oh my god! Like JJ like, Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, it's uh Harrison Ford on what? Jimmy Fallon. I think it was on Fallon. And there was yeah. The interview. Oh, Go look man. it up, it's funny. It's wonderful. Look up any Harrison Ford interview and you'll just yeah. have like time of your life. Um We did we didn't even get to the reason why Hera is contacting the Bad Batch. We're going yeah, a little bit backwards here. Sorry, so backwards. So Champs and Dula is Champs and Dula. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, Ali- Alina, Eleni, Eleni. Uh, <laughs> I keep messing that up. I keep wanting to say Elaine. I, keep, I always have Seinfeld on the brain. Elaine? Anyways, so they, as well as Uncle Gobi, get arrested for the attempted assassination of Ornfrita, who we mentioned earlier. And it was really Crosshair sniped Ornfrita in the Leku, not the head, but the Leku. So he didn't die. We kind of thought he died for a minute there, uh, or more than a minute, more like 12 hours. Uh, and yeah, that's how they got arrested. It was all it was all a trap. Yeah, and I like I like what they did with Orn Frita, where they yeah. assassinated him, but they didn't actually assassinate him so that they could keep the cannon pretty yeah, consistent. People were worried about a retcon there, but they knew yeah. they went up they were doing, guys. I, they did. They did. That my life has left me scarred. What if he has like a big bandage like around his like leku, and he's just like. Hoo, hoo. Well, I really like. <laughs> there was a there was a game I used to play when I was younger called Pen and Menace Video Game Lethal Alliance. Okay. Lethal Alliance, which was about a, <laughs> uh, was about a Twi'lek slave who breaks free, and steals an Imperial droid, and the two of them go on an adventure. I don't remember that game at all. They steal the Death Star plans. <laughs> and that was how it happened in Legend. One, one of the many times it happens in Legends. Um, it's called Lethal Alliance. And the main character, who was a Twi'lek, um, had her Leku cut Holy off. Holy crap. And she has like a mechanical Leku. She has like a, yeah, like, you know, like we have like mechanical arms and legs. Yeah, see, look, she has mechanical Leku. Made um, by Ubisoft. That's going to be the new game they make. What? And I, dude, I used to play that game. We should, why don't all we play that? On DS. Let's play it. It's DS the, and uh, PSP. Yeah. Oh, the so. Ubisoft open world games is going to be um, steal a Death Star plans, but in as many ways as possible. So it's just open ended, and yep. you just keep like re- reliving it in multiple lives. It's like <laughs> so. uh, Stanley Parable. Push yeah, yeah. yeah. You just keep doing it over and over again. Anywho, Matt, where were you? Well, I just love. I'd love to see the, those make a return. I'd love to see Orn Frita get some mechanical Leku on his head uh, since he's got like friggin' four of them for some reason. I still don't get what the hell is up with Orn Frita. What is wrong with that boy? He has four Leku, four fingers. He he does not look like a regular Twi'lek. He's a very um, funny looking Twi'lek. He's a very him. funny looking Twi'lek. I hate him. Like What's they up? explain they explain why Boss Nass looks different, right? He's because yeah. he's the same kind of thing. He's like a fat face while everybody else around him is not. Um and he has different, you know, he has like the the stubbier snout and he doesn't have the weird flappy ears. Um, but they explain that. He they have like two sections, like two parts of the Gungans. Slightly different Gungans, yeah. Yeah, there's like two races of Gungans, but I don't as far as I know, they don't have like two races of Twi'leks. What's the um not to get slightly off topic, but kind of off topic, what's the guy that's like the bug that's the separatist general? 
Oh, Trench, Admiral Trench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't is yeah. it like one of his like? Yeah, he has one of his like a mandibles. Becomes, yeah, the mandibles. Uh, becomes a robot, and then he gets a uh, like. If they can do yeah. that, then like they can give like Orn Frita like fake like Leku like as Bring well. back mechanical so. Leku. I really loved that idea in Lethal Alliance, um, and I'm he- I'm here for it. So let's go. Okay. Yeah, I'm down for it. Why not? All right. Did you know that uh, on the Crimson Corsairs crew, so Sidon Thanos crew, there's a Twi'lek named Reveth, and she has just a mechanical arm. Not yeah. that that's like weird, but I just throw that in there. Reveth is amazing. She's the one of the, of the group. So. One of the rare red Twi'leks, because mm-hmm. being born a red Twi'lek is incredibly rare, unless you're I... George Lucas and you keep putting Darth Talon in everything you try to do. But <laughs> uh, being born uh, a red Twi'lek is incredibly rare, so... And she'll hmm. be in the upcoming comic as well because the entire yes. series in it. I was getting excited for that. I, I love her. I weeks, like know nothing about her. I want to know more about her. So soon, 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 soon. I love how it's become a meme of um. Actually, AJ, do you have anything else to say about Hera before I get off topic here? Because Hera's uh, a Twi'lek. Oh, we Hera is a Twi'lek. Twi- <laughs> oh wow, really? Here we go, guys. Here we go. I had no idea. Rylan connect- is the whole world connected. of the Twi'leks. Oh my god. <laughs> I just wanted to say about Hera that, you know, we kind of, in uh, the second episode, the rescue on Ryloth, we see them fly one of the shuttles. And that was kind of Hera's first time flying on her own. You know, she she had Omega with her. And Omega was like, come on, you can do it. And that was, once again, so cute. Again, mm-hmm. egging her on to do it. And Hera's like, yeah, let's do it. And she did great. Uh, I think Scott pointed out it started off kind of like Ray in the Falcon, where it like started off a little rough. And then they yeah. got there. And they did some cool yeah. maneuvers. And then even... I wanted to talk about, we see Tech (laughs) do the Poe Dameron drift in the the Marauder pretty much. That was cool. You're right. Launching the turn, but it it was, it was so good. Like, I remember, (laughs) I was, I was about to say it's become a meme. It's been, um, Tech, Tech Yo drift because like, you know, it's it's worth it to bring up the drift because we've really only seen it a couple of times in Star Wars. You can do it in squadrons now, but. I remember watching a Kevin Smith thing a few years ago talking about Last Jedi. And he was like, oh, I was in the theater. You know, I was a little bit high, of course. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the beginning we see Poe Dameron drift and I like fell out of my seat. I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty much us watching the, the Marauder drift there. If you if you listen closely as well, I noticed this in one of my rewatches of it so far um, that the noises that are being made like as he like turns around are pretty much exactly like you hear in squadrons of um, yeah, it was so all, cool. all the alarms going off if you like listen closely, which is really cool that they just like that's tossed cool that in there. Um, Again, didn't notice it right away. It took a little bit, but I I love that entire sequence, and I love how the the entire like role that like Hera and Omega have are they're just supposed to watch Chopper go in and do his thing, and then Chopper can't go do his thing, and then Chopper's committing more war crimes, and it's just like oh we get to see this baby droid's first like personal war crimes. There might have been some before because he was like a Republic droid, but like now we get to see his like like psychopath <laughs> war crimes, and it's like well he's like stunning clones in the knee. It's great, um, but then they I have just... to go in there to save him. Um, and, and Tech's totally, like, cool with it, which is interesting. He's just like, got the plan? Uh, okay, so let me just meet you there. And he just rolls with it. And it's, Be cool, it's just Tech. fantastic. Be cool. Be cool, Tech, no. <laughs> a reference no one will oh get. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> if you get that reference and you comment amazing. on it, you get a free shirt. Yes. <laughs> and we'll send you a shirt. Yeah. And our autographs. Those are worth wow. something. Right? Not Worth a Hollow Emirata shirt, just any shirt from our wardrobe. Any shirt, we'll yeah. You. you can have this one. You can have Jamie's flannel. You can have yep. whatever Matt's wearing. No, I love this flannel. Excuse me. You can have Jamie's Sorry. flannel. No, you can't. It's a good. It's a safe bet. Nobody's going to get it. Nobody's going to get it. It was really 
it was really fun to see um uh chopper blend in with some droids again like we saw a million yeah. times in rebels you know he wasn't painted up this time but yeah it no. worked. It i miss great. i miss painted chopper i like how I he know. just goes around like how are we supposed to get in and chopper's just like i got this just goes around <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how he just I, I love how they utilize like all the bits from chopper as well of he like rockets away multiple yeah. times like he like rockets down the steps out of the marauder and then he like rockets into the ship like when harrow's he flying, didn't do his like wheel which, thing though i don't think no that's no we never did that do. um i love how like the sh the shuttle that harrow was flying it had like a mouth yes <laughs> it's just like so funny looking yeah he just eats him he's oh, like hey guys it was great uh I love that entire sequence because they were—they was supposed to just be the distraction, and it. Oh, they distracted them all right. Yeah. <laughs> I great. love Chopper's look, like the Clone Wars yeah, era, awesome. um, like those like military astromechs that seem like more primitive or like more—I don't know—just more, basic. yeah, pretty basic. Like instead of having like those two jets that come out of R two D 2s arms that seem more refined, he's just got like the, this big blast engine in in, in his butt. He's just blasting <laughs> around. Just all cobbled together. Yeah, uh, we like mentioned it on one of the lives uh, of Chopper's first war crimes, and it's like, well, we don't we don't know who his first owner was. Obviously, it was just some clone who died in that Y wing crash. But like that Y wing, that's still that's there, still, just still always in there. The I'd like to think I'd like to think it was some clone like Hard Case. Uh, it wasn't Hard Case, obviously, but if something like Hard Someone Case, like he's kind of crazy, and yeah. That'd be great. Because that would make sense with Chopper. Yeah, there like the go. programming kind of like uh, adapted to the clone. I like yeah, that. I like well, that. yeah, they, they do. I mean, like, because they grow attached to like their own like droids and whatnot. Like, as one does. I mean, R R2's it's... entire personality is, is based on Anakin's. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I love he does it. it. Does it? Does R2 really do much in episode one that's like rebellious? Well, Other he's than the last like, survivor, being like, so he's like a little bit like, you know, ho oh, ho, I'm better than everyone else because everyone else died. That's <laughs> like, true. <laughs> but then he pops in and he's like, hey, hey you're, you're forgetting you're one naked. you're forgetting <laughs> the rebellious thing he does when they enter Mos Espa. Oh, he rolls over the dung. <laughs> yep. He rolls over the poop pile. There he goes. Look, if anything, R2 is just very um he's very pompous in episode one because he's the last surviving yeah. droid. Like you said, he tells 3PO that he's naked, and 3PO's like, what? My Excuse pops are me. showing. Oh. And then and then he rolls through the poop because he's like, I'm better than this. He's I'm better than poop. There he goes. <laughs> Get out of my way, poop. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Look at this deep dive into R2D2's personality in episode one. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Very important. Yeah. I like still the gradual blending of the Empire tech and the Republic tech still because like we have like the clones obviously and like those existing things, but we're we're gradually seeing more of um, the ships and also just like overall like the probe droids and whatnot. Like I love like seeing like everything slowly blending together more. It's yeah. just really fun to see. Our yeah. uh, our good pal Levi uh, thinks that we're gonna see our first. Imperial Star Destroyer in a couple weeks because mm. it's on the box art for Rampart. Right. So that, that would, would be, really be interesting cool. because we know that they took some Venator classes and just painted them gray. Yeah. Um, to serve as Star Destroyers for quite a while. Um, I don't know how long the last scene or like that, you know, that last scene where Vader and Palpatine are looking at the Death Star being constructed. I don't know how long after episode three, the end of, you know, episode three that's supposed to really take place yeah um, because let's see in fallen order they're still decommissioning old cruisers like they're still bringing them in to like decommission them so that's five years 
Um, yeah. So I mean, like, and they're that. they're still gathering all the what dunium to build dunium. the Death Star. So yeah, it's hard yeah, to say. So, I think they just showed that to show that. And what it, what are they mining on Ryloth, by the way? Dunium. 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 Yeah. yeah. So the whole point of um, the Empire being on Ryloth is they're they're mining the dunium for the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes back to the Death Star. You know, even in I Rebels. find that funny because how long do you think it takes for them to build? I mean, this is pretty much the question you just asked. How long after Revenge of the Sith is that? But uh, Rogue One is how many years after Revenge of the Sith? 19. Right. So it's right before New Hope. So it's like 19 years later. And it took them 19 years, right, to build the Death Star, build I guess. Star. It's worth it to read Catalyst. It is. Um, I, the, the, the Rogue One novel Catalyst, and it's all just about Galen Erso and um and Laver Erso and how everything came about with the development. There's they they fail a lot going into making that Death Star because they can't harness the Kyber crystals properly. Um, right. They they destroy a lot Building of planets the... by accident because they can't figure out how to do it properly, which is why they need Galen Erso to come back to. So make for it all work. for all we know, they built this the round sphere, metal sphere, and like they could have done that in like a few years. And they're like, yeah. okay. This kyber okay. crystal part's really hard, so let's uh that yeah, takes another they, seventeen years. They they could have they could have exactly that's probably so. that's probably exactly what happened. Yeah. Um because Death Star 2, I mean, which is even bigger. We don't know when that was built. What did they yeah. maybe they had two Death Stars at the same time? I don't really know, but maybe, maybe. that was it wasn't I don't even think finished. They did. I think I think it's pretty I think I don't know if it's explicit in canon, but I think it's like pretty hinted at that the Death Star was like they poured all their resources into this one thing and they're, you know, they're uh, cocky enough to think that nobody's going to touch this thing. You know, we only need one because nobody's going to blow it up. Everything's fine. Um, and then they're kind of doing a rush job with the second Death Star, even though it's bigger and it's better and it has a fully functional laser like right out of the gate, um, which makes you wonder why even bother with the frame? Just put like a couple of people. Just have a big cannon floating through space. Yeah. Like a big laser in space. Which, you know, I guess they end up doing with on Exegol. They just put the big lasers on the Star Destroyers yeah. and have them well, try. Yeah. They wanted to have them go everywhere. but. And then, and you know, Death Star Tech is, is obviously like uh, like the H-bomb, right? As soon as, you, as soon as you nail it, as soon as you figure it out, because they went through a ton of trials right. with the H-bomb. As soon as they figured it out, it's like, okay, now we can replicate this and do like a million different things with it and just go nuts yeah. with it. Um, it's kind of that kind of technology. That makes sense. I'm glad we yeah, were able definitely. to to weed through the, the history and technology of the Death Star. Yeah, here. I, I do recommend it. Though. Again, I do recommend Rogue One Catalyst. Like that is a good book um, overall. If you're interested in like how the Death Star came about, um, and I didn't know I would be interested in that until I read it. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. Uh, well, this only came about because I was just talking about probe droids, and I just got to say I loved how Hunter like heard the probe droid and was like. Hang on. <laughs> came I back. the probe droid. I got him. Uh, oh, that was great. He just like jumps down with his knife. That, that was, was cool. Nuts. And everyone's just like, whoa. I love I love looking at like the batches like reactions because like Wrecker and like Tech are just like whatever. And Echo's just like, <laughs> <laughs> did you see that? Like what just happened? And then like Omega just kind of like looks at Hera like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like. And speaking of droids. <laughs> yeah. We've gone almost an hour without talking about Gonky. <laughs> how on earth wow how on earth this was okay look as you can see there is a lot that i loved about these past two episodes which is like 
crazy to think about actually no it's not that's not crazy to think about i love this show someone we were talking about this on again how like what's been our favorite like season one of the animated show so far and for for me it's easily the bad batch because it, it's just been strong out the gate like rebels is very slow yeah. to start clone wars if you go back to rewatch it is is also like kind of like a hot mess to like watch it's it's fun but it's just like whoa and then resistance it's good but I, yeah. <laughs> I actually really um, like Resistance's first season. Anyway, yeah, there's only two say it's the best. Different, yeah, but the best. Yeah, like what? it's what? been bad batch. Anyway, so Gonki. Oh my gosh! So we didn't we didn't see Gonki in uh, Devil's Deal, but uh, AJ was with uh, <laughs> the moment we see the Marauder <laughs> yeah. like fly in. Um, AJ, you want to? You know, I did a live. Take? I did a live watch with the the all new nerds very late at night and. The the hatch comes down of the Marauder and the you see the I think Wreckers wheeling the crates out of yeah. ammo or whatever of guns. And I thought that was Gonky like for the first split second. I was like, whoa, there he is. First they're one off the ship. Selling he was running, together, running down. I thought he was hauling. <laughs> Gonky had nothing to do with that episode. Um and then Omega didn't even like show Gonky off to like Hera or anything like that. He didn't even see him in the background, but whatever. He would have stole the thunder of the scene. Yeah. He would have. Gonki is the star of the show, first of all. It needs to be said. Um, but let's see. Then in episode 12, though, Rescue on Ryloth, Gonki and Omega shine. Oh, my gosh. So Omega is trying her best to fix Gonki. And Gonki's sparking up a storm and, like, muttering away because he's like, oh, this, this hurts and, like, whatever. And then uh, Hunter's like, what's going on here? I love how Hunter always asks what Omega is doing when it comes to Gonki. Because, like, before when she was, like, on, like, her tablet, just, like, leaning on Gonki. And he's just like, that looks comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but this time she, she's poking away at Gonki and whatnot. And what are you doing? And, and Omega explains that Gonki doesn't charge up all the way. So she wants to try to fix it, which is amazing. First of all, she's trying to, like, do stuff like that to help everybody. And Hunter just straight up says, the droid is defective. And then walks away. <laughs> and Gonky's just, oh. He just frowns and looks <laughs> down. The, like, what is up with Hunter? Hunter's but, stink, but then dude. Omega's like, it's okay, Gonky, because we're all defective on this ship. And it's just like, <gasps> Omega. It's he, just dude, like, he's a Gonky bad is batcher. 100% a bad batcher. Yeah. It's, it's so 100%. perfect that the batch has... It literally a defective droid. It makes so much sense. And it's just like they, they could fix it. Tech could have easily fixed that droid forever ago, but no, they're choosing to keep it defective. <laughs> and I just love it so much. And it just melts my heart because Gonki is a true member of this team. And I'm so glad that they're actually just like throwing it in there. I because can't wait to see him shine. We just need it. Yeah, he will. And I'm I'm so nervous that Gonki actually might get like sacrificed somehow. Like now that like he's actually been like shown. He's gonna like have to like gonna over, he's gonna have to like overcharge a system and he only has half power. Do you know Don't how much that. you can do when you have to overcharge a system? You need full power to do that. You can't <laughs> use half too. power, okay? <laughs> oh. Hey that's what happens in our overcharge a system, huh? That's what happens like in, in like in Power Trip? Like in Power Trip. <laughs> that you can see on by our Ryan YouTube channel right now by Ryan Murelli. Come in full circle. There it is. Power Trip. We love Power Trip. Love Power Trip. Wow. That's all I have to say. That's the gong. I, I think we need a cigarette after that one. Woo! <laughs> I think I need a Baja Blast after that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good Baja Blast after that bit. The Mountain wow. Dew Troopers, guys. Keep an eye out well, for more. Question of the week? You have one? Wow, yeah, we one. haven't done a question of the week in years. I think we did one <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> years. What you got? Last week was all questions of the week. But anyways, 
Um, so the cameos in Star Wars in these, you know, season two of Mando and now Bad Batch. I've loved them. Pretty sure we've all loved them, but a lot of people don't love them that as much. And they they're like, oh, let the main characters like shine on their own. They don't we don't need other characters popping in. These are useless cameos. I don't they're not useless cameos. They they've all made sense so far. So in any of the upcoming projects, what cameo I mean, I guess it's it's a hard question because we don't know it what's gonna happen. Question. But what cameo do you want to see that would make sense uh in one of these one of these shows in one of these shows and it yes. has to be a show okay a I show get, that well, has already we only been have announced? one movie on yeah that was okay. thinking of uh one for the war of the bounty hunters no we'll stick to on-screen stuff i guess right. this is well, this isn't my everything. choice this one isn't my choice but i want to just like say it again but a young side on ithano in book of boba fett i think that would be really really fun yes. to see um good. But we talked about that last week. What literally what said on I thought oh um authored Landry Q Walker, but we're gonna like leave that on the table. Um that's not my pick though. I would love to pick that, but let me think. Let's see. Let me think as well. So something that is an upcoming show, but a character we'd like to like see in it. Yeah. Or... So like uh an Ahsoka moment in Mando or okay, you know, okay. now we see Hera in this. Some people call it fan service, some people don't. Okay. I don't think it has been. I think it's been Good. a I think they've all been done very well. And they all make sense. You know what? I'd like to see at some point in the Bad Batch, possibly in season two, um, if they do end up crossing over with like a Jedi of some sort, I'd like to see a little bit about like Jocasta New, like on screen of like what her deal was with like saving the archives. Um, Because like she Hmm. obviously like in the movies, like doesn't do much aside from telling Obi-Wan that it doesn't exist. And it's just like, all right, whatever. But like I, I'd like to like see that again. I think that that could be interesting to see like her comics run with Invader um, translated to on screen. That'd be fun. That'd that's be cool really to important. see maybe in Bad Batch. Yeah, because exactly. we know she doesn't. She doesn't really make it far past uh, episode three. Right, right. Uh, she gets taken out pretty quickly. Yeah. Right, um, but we we know that she does, she does save a lot of the archive. Store. Yeah. Right, which is important for Luke in the future. That cache of so. uh, Jedi artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that. that. It'd be fun. Going back to my Jedi roots, that I haven't talked about the Jedi a lot in a while. It's been it's been all clones and all nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh. I'm actually pretty coming into this season. You know, while Matt thinks here, uh, I thought it would be like a slam dunk that we'd see Coruscant of some sort. Maybe not the Bad Batch there, because the whole point is they're trying to stick, they're trying to hide. Why go mm-hmm. to Coruscant, which is where everyone is? Uh, but I thought we'd see it in some vein. Like I thought we'd see Rampart there, or Tarkin, or. A shot of Palpatine doing something. I don't know. But we haven't seen it. I want to see the Imperial Palace. We still might. We will. So that was, that was a location. Season. That wasn't a person. Unless you count Coruscant. No, I know. But you, like... you you brought up Jocasta New. So I thought of Coruscant. Yeah. Whole planet's hmm. one big city. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Reek, you're, you're welcome. Reek. Uh, it's Reek, it's, it's Rick Oli, right? Rick Oli? Rick Oli. Not Reek. Reek Oli. Reek Oli. Reek Ola. No, I don't think it's Reek Ola. <laughs> geez i guess for me i'd actually i'd i'd go out on a limb and say i want some rebels cameos in andor okay that's kind of what i was gonna say and i think that i think that's very much gonna happen i think that's very doable especially with the rumors that we've had about obi-wan i don't want to get too far into those but 
we might see some kind of ancillary characters from Rebels appear in Obi-Wan. So I'd probably say uh, Rebels characters in Andor and kind of just like really gel this entire like period of time together. Yeah. Um, you know what? Maybe I could go even further and say um, Fallen Order cameos in Andor. Character from Fallen cool. Order or two maybe uh, popping up. That would be kind of tough. That'd be great. Maybe. But I feel like there'd be a better chance in Bad Batch um, since it's closer in time. I mean, I but... was I was almost convinced we were going to see a young Cal Kestis on Braca. I was almost convinced we were going to see like a little baby redhead running around. He's there I'm glad somewhere. We didn't, but... though. I'm glad we didn't because it, it would have just taken away from it. Um, Maybe. I would have loved it, but I'm glad we didn't. I'm a cameo, I'm a cameo junkie, so I'm all for putting somebody <laughs> in the background uh, that I want to see. <laughs> Oh, you love background characters? I had no idea. Yeah, Absolutely no. zero. <laughs> I guess. AJ, what do you got? Mine's a mine's a pretty major cameo, but I need to see Qui-Gon Jinn in, in Ooh, Kenobi. Yeah. Okay. I need it. Oh, absolutely. Whether it's a, whether it's a flashback or well, even just a voice. We like, have to see it because... Or Force Ghost, obviously. But. Revenge of the Sith, you know, it's kind of a throwaway line at the end of the movie. It's so random. It's like, oh yeah, Yoda's like, oh yeah, uh, Qui Gon's back from the dead, and he wants to talk to you. Yeah, and there's obviously <laughs> he wants to deleted, teach you how to do it. And then the deleted like, scene. What? <laughs> yeah. Really? Uh, <laughs> um, and then that's it. Qui Gon. <laughs> and it's like, really? That's that's where we're gonna leave this? No, we have to expand on that. We definitely have to get Qui Gon in the Obi Wan show, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some others. I was gonna have the question just be, you know, the Bad Batch, but I was like, yeah, let's expand. Let's do everything. So kind of did. What else? A little bit of everything. I would like to see if there's a time jump of sorts in uh, Mandalorian season three and we end up seeing Luke and Grogu again. I would really love to see young Ben Solo by Ooh, Luke's side. So. That'd be killer. Mm -hmm. That'd be kind of tough, though. It'd have to be would a be. really big time jump because right now it's five years after Endor and he doesn't really start his temple nor bring Ben Solo in for training until ten Four. years after Endor. So yeah. it would still be five years away. Um. But it could be, could be. But even if he just like kind of had, yeah, yeah, it would be tough. I mean, I'd love to see, I'd love to see Jason Sindula. That's actually, you know what? I'm going with that as my cameo. Jason Sindula in Rangers of the New Republic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh the tears. The tears. Or Rogue Squadron. Jason Sindula in Rogue Squadron. That's the one I'm choosing. Oh, what if Jason is like one of like the main <laughs> characters as like a pilot? Yep, he could appear in Ahsoka too. I mean, uh, Ahsoka's friends with Tara. Be kind of a little baby. Yeah, but he could but be in it though. <laughs> yeah, Hera's like there. obviously taking care of her he's baby. Not a baby, because like... well, how Dude, old is he a... when we see him in the flying around? He's like he's like five, a little troll like abomination. Three, three or four. After he's like after... four in that. Okay. Yeah, after the battle. Logistically. Of so I guess yeah. He'd be when kind does... of old in in Rogue Squadron if it takes place after Tross? He'd he be like be. in his forties or fifties actually. He's born before, or he, before, or sometime like immediately after uh, the Battle of Yavin, sometime yeah. around then. Oh uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the entire war happens, and then we see that epilogue in Rebels. So he has to be at least like four, maybe like five at most. Yeah. I'd say four. So that has to take place like really close to the end of the Battle of Endor. Yeah. Yeah, because like that happens, and then it's everyone's going off to do their thing. Because but the war's we don't over. know. We don't know if like the Ahsoka appearance at the end of Rebels takes place after the Mandalorian, which I yeah, think it does. I think it takes place right after 
she pieces out in Mandalorian, and she. Yeah. I think that's. I think that's what uh, Filoni Ooh. alluded to. So that's a good. Good. Because she's like, okay, I know where Thrawn is. I'm gonna go find Sabine, and we're gonna. That's the scene, and we're gonna get out of here. But literally, Jason Syndulla's age cannot be changed, <laughs> right? Because uh, you can't get Kanan. <laughs> Right, you can't yeah. have right. Kanan's kid after Kanan is dead for longer than nine months. Or <laughs> exactly. Long so take to have a kid. So yeah, uh, he's anyway. got to be like four or five. Um, at so after the Battle of Endor, Sothan in Mando, he'd be ten. Um, and around Rangers of the New Republic era, uh, if that show is still still around, um, he would still be happen. ten because it would be because that's like the big crossover thing. Even in Ahsoka, he'd have to be ten. But then so, there's like 20 years of stuff that I would love to see him in because then he'll, you know, so he'd be like in his roughly in his 30s by the time the sequels happen. And if Rogue Squadron takes place right after the sequels, actually, then he wouldn't be too old. No, he'd, he'd be probably like the same be as like, like right in that sweet spot of like, yeah, he'd be like Poe's age. He'd Jason be Syndulla Poe. and Poe Dameron friendship. Mm, Your yeah. latest theory, though, Matt, yeah. isn't. You... <laughs> Don't you think Rogue it'd be like Squadron? The same age. Is going to take place like in the New Republic era? No, I think I actually have no idea when it's going to take place, but I just don't want to get my hopes up for post Tross because it seems like they're changing the language when they discuss it. Before Kathleen Kennedy like explicitly said, like a new era of the galaxy, and now it's kind of shifted to like a new era of the franchise, a new era of Star Wars. I think it, it's so, certainly not, it's not Luke and and Wedge and that Rogue Squadron. No. We know that it's like a like a tribute Luke, to that. It's a tribute band of those guys. It is. It is. It's, so. it's, it's a tribute to the X-Wing books. It's a tribute to Rogue Squadron, the video games, um, which all take place post-episode so six. It's, so it's somewhere between speaking, episode six and episode and episode nine, or yes. post-episode nine. So It's, in it's there anywhere somewhere. between after six and after nine, um, would be my best guess. Uh, we still don't have that much content of like the um, the Cold War, as you always refer to it, Matt. So like mm. it, it could it could be like during that time no. because we we oh, are man. getting we are getting a hefty amount of the early Republic of um, Mandalorian era, like that. We're getting a hefty amount of that right now. But say like I don't know, ten years after that, Jason Sandula is a Force sensitive uh, New Republic spy during the Cold Jason War era. Jason and Carson Teva are... Uh, yeah. There you go. And Poe Dameron, runner of spice. Yeah. There you please, go. Please. I really... That's definitely my vote. Yeah. And Jason Sandula in anything. Please give me that cameo. All slash right. appearance. Let's and go. if I want to go with a non-movie slash TV show, give me Prince Zizor in War of the Bounty Hunters. <laughs> I am absolutely dying for them to start tying War of the Bounty Hunters in with a little bit of Shadows of the Empire. Because I love when they take legend stories and adapt them into canon. I would love to see kind of like a, you know, another take on Prince Caesar. So Just please no Dash Rendar. Thank yeah, you no, and we don't need, we don't need Finn. Dash, but we need... All I right, we all right. Caesar. We're gonna... We're gonna we're gonna wrap up with that. I just want to mention as well the uh, Echo Sniff count is still only at two. No new sniffs. Um, this this most recent episode, at least not to my knowledge. We had a good like little zinger of him going a uh, little help to Hunter, which is which is funny. Um, we love Echo. But anyway, uh, this is this has been it. This has been the Hollow Nut Marauders podcast. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. You can find us on social media everywhere at Hollow Nut Marauders. On Twitter, it is just at Hollow Nut Marauder. 
if you just want to like hang out and like listen to it just just do that that'd be awesome we broadcast uh Holland marauders live on friday evenings uh new bad batch chats that'll go to the end of the season but always like check out our youtube channel as well for new videos and new content so thank you so much for listening to the Holland marauders podcast